0: actually a pond there's a heron in the distance a duck's nearby standing on a rock because the water's a little bit shallow see uh, what is it a soccer ball in the middle of the pond (laughs) and I'm walking over a bridge in my usual spot where I go for a walk and I bring the recorder aka my phone to record this intro (coughs) of this episode of my podcast which you're listening to entitled stuttering is cool i am daniele rossi also known as danny you can hear my footsteps now uh coming to you on this august the 9th 2017 and you can hear the sounds of the end of summer already But not really the end yet. So, Um, did I mention I'm in Toronto, in Canada, or rather north of it? Toronto's too noisy to have this level of silence. Anyway, (laughs) uh, this is the Stuttering School podcast, and you're probably wondering if this is your first time listening. Why I'm not stuttering? Because usually when I stutter, I mean when I talk alone by myself, for example, recording. An episode of my podcast. I don't stutter, and I and I assure you, there we go. I stutter right there. I assure you, my volume dramatically increases when I'm in conversation with others. So, with that out of the way, now I have my street cred. On to today's show. Uh, I interview the director of a documentary that you're most likely that you most likely have been hearing about. There's been a bit of buzz going around online about a documentary named My Beautiful Stutter.
1: Hey, I'm Ryan Geelan. I directed and produced the new documentary called My Beautiful Stutter.
0: Welcome, welcome to the Stuttering School podcast. Thanks for having me. I saw your film. I had the chance to see it at the Iceland World Congress, and now I unfortunately I did miss uh, the beginning part. I'm not sure how far in I went, but I remember being totally blown away by how much every scene you cry.
1: <laughs> Very well done. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I take that. I take that as a big badge of uh, of honor. Thank you.
0: <laughs> now, uh, actually. First, if you don't mind, I'm sure you've talked about this 8,000 times. Can you uh, explain what your documentary is about? I could talk about it, but I'm not the horse's mouth, so to speak. So you're the expert. Um, yeah. So what is my beautiful stutter about?
1: Sure. So and, you know, to your to your other point, um, I, I haven't really talked about it 8,000 times because the, the film actually isn't coming out until uh, late fall, early winter. So you, you're uh-huh. one of the first uh, <laughs> members of the public and the stuttering community outside of my circle. who um, oh, okay. so have seen it. So <clears throat> I love hearing that it meant a lot to you, um, that you connected with the film. It follows, so My Beautiful Stutter follows five young people, ages eight to 18, who stutter and all come from very diverse backgrounds. Uh, from all over the the United States. And they are in various places in their lives, both in in terms of age, development, emotionally, um, the challenges they have with their stutter, with being a person who stutters. Um, And that that felt really important to me to sort of get a diversity of stories and of life experience. Um, And I followed each of the five um, on and off for almost two years as they participated in programs with the stuttering association for the young and Mm. one of the reasons that was so one one of the reasons that say the stuttering association for the young was so interesting to me is i'm not a person who stutters but i i do remember being really young and at times feeling um unheard unvalued um i remember um well, th- those are two really specific feelings that I, I connect with uh, years early in my life. And so when I I was a filmmaker and a producer who liked some of my work, uh, Michael Alden, who produced The King's Speech on Broadway and on the West End, he liked some of my work. He said, why don't you come with me to the, say, fundraiser gala in New York, this was in 2014, and just see if you think there's a story there, see if if some of these stories from from the young people who participate are interesting to you. If there's, if there's something we can do. Wow. And I think, you know, 20, 30 minutes into the gala, I, a completely new perception of what it means to be a person who stutters took shape in my mind. I grew up, um, I'm not, I'm not sure how old you are, how how familiar you are with (laughs) Adam Sandler movies, but I I grew up in the heyday of Adam Sandler movies Ah. and, Throughout my life, the most interaction I'd ever had with uh, the concept yes. of stuttering <laughs> is when he plays Happy Gilmore or yeah. Billy Madison. I guess he goes back to school, and there's a kid in the front of the class who stutters when he tries to read. And Adam Sandler character goes to 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 today, Junior, and it gets a big laugh both in the movie and if you're in the theater at home, like it's a it's a punchline.
0: Yeah,
1: and that that's it. And I think I passively spent most of my life after that being so unaware, not only that there were people who stuttered and stuttered daily and struggled with it and felt ostracized, but unaware that there were young people that I knew, I must've known, that I must've gone to school with, that because they stuttered and because they had experiences like being in a theater full of people, laughing at a kid on screen who stuttered probably withdrew and pulled away and and hid the stutter because it's it's one of those challenges in life that is relatively easy to hide if you just don't speak and i think i think that's a shame and so very early on in the gala like it was heartbreaking it was beautiful it was empowering to see these young people come up on stage and say i'm i'm not going to hide anymore or I'm I'm finding my voice because I'm focused on just loving myself and just loving my stutter. There was such empowerment uh, built into what I saw at that first say gala, and I knew there were tens of millions of people like me who had no idea that any of this was going on in the lives of young people. Um, that I I felt like immediately I had to I wanted to throw myself into this um we did some filming it took about a year to get all the final permissions from say and from the young people who were going to participate and raise a little money to get started so in 2015 we started filming
0: i am blown away wow you totally get it that's one of the um i guess one of the main uh what's the word i guess pain points i'm not sure pain points are. Or- The main desires of a stirring the worldwide stirring community is for people to understand, understand Mm. where we're going. And you totally had the empathy right from day one, from that uh, Billy um, Adam Sandler (laughs) movie wow so thank you i'm yeah. on behalf I'm, I'm gonna take the initiative and on behalf of <laughs> the stuttering community thank you <laughs> that's yeah. really cool and it shows because from what i remember from the movie uh from the film like you like you really showed the struggles and uh that experience the stuttering experience
1: well thank yeah. you i think i think that I, I always say young people and sometimes I, I say kids, but but really the appropriate term is young people because kids can be kind of – that phrasing can be kind of diminishing. So I'm,
0: if right. I say kids,
1: forgive me, I'm my intent is to see young people every time. I think the credit <laughs> for what you're describing in large part goes to the young people that were featured in the film. Yeah. And to say for, – for working to give them the tools to articulate, not not necessarily fluently, I, it's not my point at all, but to articulate yeah. in words – and to be brave enough to stutter through those words, the way that they felt, the way that other people made them feel. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I, I I'm very proud of the end product. I'm very proud that that the the participants feel like we were fair in telling their story and that they feel heard after seeing the film because we we've, we've shown That's them a, right. a preview of the of the film. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but I, I appreciate it. Thank you. I think yeah. the credit goes to the, the young people who just were so fearless in talking to me and into letting me into their homes and the, into school and that's into their right. lives.
0: Because you, like, you were there, right? In yeah. all places, you know, the home that's meant to be the safe oasis, the school where all the other kids are judging you on every aspect of your appearance and they brought you in. That that's never came across my mind. Wow.
1: Wow. Look at that. Yeah. And I mean, if you think, if you think, you know, if you think about how in general, Mm. like we're, we're closed off as people, the, the idea that we would invite another person, let alone a camera crew um, into our homes to Mm -hmm. talk about how we've been bullied, how we feel bad, how we've lost opportunities that we shouldn't have. Like none of us, want to confront that or talk about it, let alone invite a whole camera crew in Mm. to, to focus on it and shine a light on it. But I think though the people that are willing to do that are the ones that enable change to be made. I think it's heroic and brave to do that because once you let your guard down and let, for instance, our, our camera crew come in and, and try to tell your story, you amplify the me- you, you have the ability to amplify the the positive message.
0: That's right. To
1: set an example for for you know tens of thousands of younger people, even younger than you, who are going to look up and be like, oh, this this older kid who seems like they have it all figured out was going through the same thing I am. Um, so I just think it was like totally heroic and brave, and I think the impact is going to be really really powerful, especially for 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 two for two groups in particular, tell me if you agree or disagree, mm. but it seems to me that there's going to be people who are the same age and younger than the subjects of the film who are going to be like, man, these are older kids. They look like they have stuff figured out. And they're talking openly about these challenges and they're doing great. They're doing great now. So it'll give younger kids hope. But I also think, and I've heard this from a couple of the parents who have seen it, the amount of like relief When they see it that there are that kids come through the challenges and come through the pain of being yeah. Bullied and stigmatized. So I think it's gonna be powerful for parents as well
0: yeah, your film provides that visual evidence the concrete evidence like What's what I'm recalling in my mind is the prom scene, you know, she's you know her date comes to pick up To pick her up to go to the high school prom, right? I'm never gonna get married or no one's gonna date me. Well, look <laughs> right there you know um yeah. or or the mentoring that uh that uh, that uh, that camp say does that scene with um uh, my apologies my memory ain't what it used to be so i don't remember the names but i think he's the main character that little boy um and then that really tall tall <laughs> yeah, guy
1: Malcolm and will
0: yes um yes 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 that's right yeah because was Malcolm the little boy who was very quiet, shy, did, didn't want to talk? And then by the end of the movie, there he is, being Mr. Superstar and total yeah. transformation. Uh, and it seems like just from was it just from the camp or was it the whole program, the whole say program? Cause, there were because uh, you did mention it's like a year or two-year time frame during the filming.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, it's it, that's actually it's a great question. So in order to tell the story you you often if you're filming people for two years there's a lot you have to compress Mm. so a bunch of things happen in malcolm's life at the same time he almost at the exact same time he wrote an essay for um major league baseball has a program with jackie robinson's name on it where his daughter goes all over the country and works in disadvantaged communities to um take kids who love baseball and help them do some creative writing and some art therapy. And and it's a really amazing program. um, Yeah. yeah, and, And it wins you if you, the best writing that comes out of that wins an award. So Malcolm wrote about living with his stutter and being bullied. So at the same time that he was writing that for the first time, writing it out in this Jackie Robinson program, he was brought to camp say for the first time. So he had the dual experiences of oh, wow. people were responding to his writing and saying, Malcolm, this is beautifully written. It's so sincere. I mean, he's nine years old when he writes this. The letter is extraordinary. We, we actually show pieces of it. In That's right. Um, people were responding to his, to his writing and saying, hey, you know, for, for, for the first time in his life, people that weren't his mom and, and mm. connected to him just outside were saying, this is really amazing, and patting him on the back and being like really – Impressed with with what's up here, not his ability to play baseball, right? Hmm. Um, and at that exact same time, he went to camp Say for the first time, where he met for the very first time in his life other kids who stuttered. He met adults who stuttered, who were married, who were had jobs, who were had friendships, who were successful and happy. Um, and if you go from a few months earlier being Uh, shoved into lockers being tripped in the hallways being made fun of in the cafeteria in front of the whole student body being heckled as you try to speak in class and the only person in your life that is supporting you and making it better is your mom you go from that to adults all over the country are being like your writing is brilliant, your words are brilliant what you Mm. have to say is so important and then you meet other kids who stutter and adults who stutter who are living normal lives and are happy and fulfilled like it was a truly watershed year, year and a half in, in Malcolm's life. Um, and we just were very lucky to be there for it.
0: Wow. That is really awesome. Wow.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It was mm. a really, it was a really extraordinary year for him.
0: Yeah. So what kind of, was there other feedback that you received from the people that have seen the film? For example, do you still keep in touch with the kids? Have you heard you know, what they're doing today? Or do you go back? Volunteer at camp, say, <laughs> yeah, as so work no, permits. <laughs>
1: um, I keep in touch with the families and the, the young people who were featured. Keep in touch with, say, um, my – so I have a, a content agency called Believe Limited. So between working at our agency, finishing the film, um, I haven't really expanded my my stuttering world beyond – just trying to get the film done and distributed. Um, so that's really been the last three years. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the, the feedback to your, to your original question, the feedback has been really extraordinary because, so when I left the gala, the first time I engaged with Say, and, and like really started to understand just this, this light bulb moment, this thunderclap of like, you have to do something in this world. and and help tell the story. When I left the gala, I remember I went online, I went on Netflix, I went on Hulu, I went on Amazon, and I was looking for, like if you love Formula One racing, and you have a conversation with it with a friend, one of you is gonna say, oh, you gotta go watch Formula One on Netflix. Ah. You gotta go watch Senna, the documentary, it's on HBO. Like there is that film out there. I couldn't find that for stuttering. And what was important to me wasn't that I created something that people who stutter would feel was theirs necessarily. It was important for me to create something that told the stories in a way that the average person like myself, the average moviegoer, the average documentary film fan, would, when somebody brings up stuttering, the first thing that they would say is, oh, you got to go watch My Beautiful Stutter whether they had any relationship to stuttering at Mm -hmm. all. So big commercial, like general population will be moved and inspired and empowered by this. That was the goal because that's from just from my point of view, the best way to create change. Right? So if you're, if you're only making something that speaks to people who are already living in this and talking about it constantly, that there may not be enough to reach people who don't think and talk about or live in, stuttering daily to bring them over to, to create more empathy, mm-hmm. right? Cause the only way, the only way that my empathy was triggered was to be brought into this world. That's right. So I wanted to create something that brought more people from outside into this world. Um, so that's kind of been the goal, um, is to build something that everyone can connect with, not just people who live with a stutter or are affected by stuttering in some way. Mm-hmm. Um yeah I'll I'll shut up there I know I'm probably <laughs> rambling but
0: No 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 I, I mean it's clear you, this movie is definitely going to make some changes uh especially outside of the fishbowl so uh, to speak the community communities a fishbowl cuz that's one of the one of the things that um we're missing in the global storing community it's that 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 whole thing of bringing the others into our world and I think, you know, a movie like yours really does a great job of showing the emotional aspects and and it's great because I don't and as you've mentioned, you know, you go on Netflix for example and there's nothing there, but there's nothing to show the kids for sure. Like I mean, me, I'm in the sewing world, so I can point you to a bunch of different movies, documentaries, but hardly ever see stuff with kids. Right? And yeah. that's and that's the stuff that really Uh, makes that impact because you want to help that future, you know, every, everybody wants to help kids. So I think that's the key
1: point. I think that's the key point, right? You want to, you want to help their future that that to me is so important because if you're what it tells you as an audience member is you, you can, you have the ability to help and hurt, Mm. right? So if you're only seeing material about adults, like, there's not much another adult can go out and do or – I don't know if I'm mm-hmm. articulating this well. I'm, I'm just kind of building on your point because I, I think it's so spot on of the value of seeing kids go through this is it should trigger in everybody's mind like, okay, we, we have a shot when we first see someone stuttering, when we first notice our classmate stuttering or my friend's son or daughter is stuttering like we have a shot to to intervene in a positive and productive way by showing empathy and encouraging the stuttering and not interrupting and giving their words as much value and time as you would give anybody else's um so i think i think that's you know i think that's important
0: yeah and the other thing i like is that there is no the cliche of at the end, they're all speaking fluently because they took a speech therapy course and now they're talking like this and everything is great, which is fine for anyone that wants that. But in the end, you're focusing on the strengths, the characteristics yeah. that each of these kids have, which which is what I'm safely assuming Camp Say does. <laughs> you
1: no, know, I've never yeah, been to Camp that, that Say. That's certainly but, Say's yeah. mission. And I'll, I'll tell you an anecdote. Along the, I'm glad you mentioned that. An anecdote along those lines. So probably third or fourth trip To film any at anybody is my first time meeting two of the young people that would become main characters, Emily and Sarah. And um, I I said to them, I was like, you know, the cliche worst way to end this film. This this is my last interview question with these with these teens. A lot is is to just sort of get their imagination going and and ask them, you know, hear what they have to say. I would say the cliche way to do this would be we end with someone singing beautifully. Right, mm-hmm. like it's like America's Got Talent, like it's a <laughs> it's a huge victory, and they get a viral video out of it if someone who stutters comes out but sings beautifully. And I that would I think that would really undermine the entire idea of love your stutter and and love yourself and and be yourself and and that's that was important to me not to do. So I, I said to Emily and Sarah, how do you think the film should end? Like what what should mm-hmm. be the last thing people see and here? And Emily said. You just have to hear someone stuttering beautifully and being themselves. That's it. Just have someone speak and stutter and be themselves. Uh. And that's exactly what we do. And she was right. She got it exactly right. You know, so she, she knew, she knew like, look, it doesn't have to be complicated. The real victory here, the real thing that we want the film to lead to that she wanted her participation to lead to is other people feeling empowered to stutter openly. Mm. and I just thought that was really beautiful and that, that's why we kind of end the film the way we do
0: and is that where the title came from
1: um, or is that just yeah. a coincidence <laughs> no there, there, there were a few times throughout filming where somebody said uh, I know Tara said I think the way you speak is beautiful, wow. Emily said end it with someone just stuttering beautifully like being themselves so from, from a couple of those interactions I, I just said that's what it has to be, it has to be Mm. ownership of stuttering right so there there were other titles that we talked about like um let me speak you know and i think that's a powerful tagline Mm. right but the film isn't about you the audience have the power right so if i say the film is called let me speak i'm telling you the audience that you have the power not me right it's let me
0: speak because i'm the audience looking at the movie poster for example right is that what well, you mean?
1: It's, it's so if yeah. the title of the movie was Let Me Speak, we, the filmmakers, would be giving non, non-stutterers the power to determine oh, our I agency.
0: See. I see.
1: Right? Like, we would be saying stuttering people can only succeed. People who stutter can only succeed if you'll let them speak. But really, the premise of the movie is you, people That's who right. stutter, are already speaking beautifully. You are already um... enough and fine. The stutter is wow. beautiful, it should be open and out there. So it was important to me not to give ownership or agency to people who don't stutter. Hmm. It was important to me that the ownership and the empowerment was just solely about you are already enough. Yeah, You are already beautiful, you are already perfect. Anyone who tells you otherwise is wrong. Um, that, that was the, the importance of the title to me.
0: I know I've already said this, but you totally get it. <laughs> <laughs> You totally get it. Much more than, unfortunately, a lot of SOPs don't. Speech-language pathologists, they don't get it. But this movie is definitely going to make a huge impact. I hope this isn't a rude question to ask, but how on earth did you get American actor Paul Rudd and baseball player George Springer to be yeah. producers? <laughs> how does that happen?
1: <laughs> no, I don't think that's rude at all. That, that's a totally reasonable question. Um, both are advocates for young that's people right. who stutter. yeah. So we were able to show them the film. They both, Paul Rudd uh, was quoted in Us Weekly. They they do a, a little bit in Us Weekly every week where they ask a different star, what makes you cry? Oh. And Paul Rudd's first answer, I didn't know this until I saw it on Us Weekly, but his answer was it, uh, the film, My Beautiful Stutter. Um, so oh. I think he was just really moved. I think he saw it and said, man, this really, I'm happy to put my name on this and, and help get it out to the world.
0: Yeah, I don't mean f- to ask you to put words in his mouth, but I don't think I'll ever get a chance to ask Paul Rudd this. But do you know how he's connected or how he became involved in the starring community? Because I know he does fundraisers, I believe it is, galas and such for yeah. Uh,
1: say. Yeah. yeah, my understanding is that he um, portrayed a person who stuttered in a play oh. in New oh. York City and connected with Tarot to just oh. sort of talk through what it would mean to be a father who stuttered or uh, a, you know an aging man who stuttered um with a couple kids and and i believe if i'm not mistaken maybe the character had hidden the stutter from his family oh, and, okay. and was really struggling with it but i i don't know for sure i just know he connected with tarot um a long time ago and they really hit it off and i think you know my limited experience with paul is is that you exactly what you see is what you get he is the nicest kindest most sincere person on earth i think there's a reason like that's a character he he gets to play sometimes and that's his reputation is he's just the the nicest most mm-hmm. genuine guy um, and he always has shown up for say and i think when he saw this film he was i think he was glad somebody else was showing up for say too
0: yeah and george springer obviously we know he stutters as well what's he like have you had a chance to meet him? Um, I'm assuming, duh, you're the director.
1: <laughs> met, him, met him in person a couple of times, uh-huh. same thing. Just an yeah. absolutely fearless, sincere guy um, working on behalf of young people who stutter. And he's a say spokesperson as well. That's right.
0: That's that's right. And yeah. a quick question. I know you have to go. I just wanted to mention. So your content agency, Believe Limited, I noticed there's a lot, the portfolio, there's a lot of uh, awareness stuff uh hemophilia my beautiful stutter is one of them so it sounds like you've always been that empathetic person i guess am i correct is that what your content agency is all about making that awareness spreading awareness
1: yeah yeah my my partner and i um patrick james Lynch, she's also a a producer on the on the my beautiful stutter um started believe limited because we thought we we both have been we've gone to camp we've been camp counselors we're camp guys oh, okay and when you do camp long enough especially if it's a leadership camp or a camp for young people with disabilities like when you do camp long enough being a camp counselor being an advocate on behalf of young people trying to empower young people it just kind of gets into your bones mm-hmm. um, so we've we've found a way to take our our art film photography events performance and turn it into a company and so I think that's the origin of Believe Limited, is how do we take the art we love and one of our biggest passions, which is empowering and improving the lives of young people, and turn it into a, a profession. And so that's that's the origin of Believe Limited.
0: Nice. Very nice. So you mentioned this movie's coming out uh, the end of this year, um, or this fall, or possibly next year, or in other words if anyone's interested in seeing your film (laughs) how can they see what's the expectation i know when it comes to documentaries yeah are you submitting to film festivals what's going on there
1: yeah we're we're right in the middle of our festival run um we have we've had some really exciting screenings and we have a bunch more coming up in the late summer early fall uh all the way through probably the end of november um so the festival run is going to be ongoing but the i think the best thing for people to do if they're interested in seeing the film is to follow along on Instagram or Facebook. Mm-hmm. And we post there constantly. We update screening information as we get it starting in September, we're going to be doing a lot more screenings all over the world. Um, so if you follow along on either one of those social media outlets, mm-hmm. you're going to be up to date. And if you'd like, you can also sign up to host a screening in your community nice. um, this fall or winter by going to our website. It's mybeautifulstutter.com. Go, to the, go fill out the contact form on the contact page, and we'll get back to you with how to host a screening in the fall or winter. Okay, great.
0: Thanks. Thank you very much.
1: It was my pleasure. Thanks for having me. This was a lot of fun.
0: And that was my chat with Ryan Gielin, the director of the My Beautiful Stutter documentary. You don't want to miss it, and definitely bring some Kleenex, <laughs> some tissues. With, with you if you do have a chance to see it or to um, create a screening, to host a screening. I want to hear from you. Record yourself giving me your opinion on this episode or any previous episodes or thoughts or questions you may have about confidence in stuttering. You can use the voice memo app on your phone. Maybe what, two, three minutes? and email it to kustutter at and I'll play it on the next episode of this podcast. This episode has been brought to you by, as per usual, my book, Stuttering is Cool, a guide to stuttering in a fast-talking world filled with my comics and tips, experiences on getting out of your comfort zone with stuttering openly so you spend less time fearing stuttering and more time enjoying life details on how to get your hands on a copy over at stutteringiscool.com and until the next episode which will come out to you in two weeks may your stuttering always be with full confidence ciao